When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, are we uh oh wait were we doing we were recording that well, we're live that here. one might not oh i'd love to yeah we should i did do you have a great do i know i don't hmm i wonder i don't know him either I don't, i'm not a trekkie uh, guy so i don't know i don't know the truck that's not it walter yeah show that he was on <laughs> yes yeah, yeah but there, there's primarily well, noted you, for guys, being one have, of them. you know i'd love to meet that guy yeah, yeah. did you ever see his um fantastic four what? No one knows about this. It's so crazy. So Walter Mosley, we're talking about Walter Mosley. And um, he did a thing years ago. And it's, it's beautiful because it's, and, and you're an artist. So I'm going to get mm-hmm. you to admit something that we all know and no one ever really wants to say. Mm-hmm. He had gotten to a place where he had some real money. Mm-hmm. He's like, what have I always wanted? And his favorite comic book when he was a kid was Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. And the short version is he decides he's going to go buy himself an actual copy of Fantastic Four number one because mm-hmm. he can now. It will be a way to connect to his childhood and all this wonderful stuff. And he buys it and he's so psyched and he opens it up. And, you know, Kirby, you, I mean, Kirby was God, mm-hmm. but when he was doing Fantastic Four, number one, Kirby was not yeah, quite, was he had not achieved Godhood Kind yet. of pumping it out. Right. And, and the writing is not, and you look at it and it's just this astonishing thing because it's become this mm-hmm. thing in your head. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and it's like, oh God, I mean, who wants to read this, yeah, you know? Right. <laughs> But somehow he goes through this whole process where he decides to try to recapture the feeling of reading it when he was a kid and some of it was size. And he starts Xeroxing panels and enlarging them. <laughs> and it becomes wow. this obsessive thing. Short version cut to, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it. But um, a couple of years ago, Marvel released a large hardcover called, I think it was called FF number one max. I could uh-huh. be wrong. Um it's worth looking for. It's just look for Fantastic Four Walter Bosley. Google uh-huh. that. I'm sure it's, it, hope it's still in print. And it's just Fantastic Four number one as inflated and expanded at, at the, you know, at the direction of Walter Mosley. So that, for instance, the first time that Johnny Storm bursts into flame uh-huh. and flies off into space, uh-huh. you know, into this uh-huh. guy going, oh, I can fly. It's a little panel, the bottom right-hand right. corner of a page. He has now blown it up so that it's a fold out of like eight pages long and it's fucking giant. Ah, so he's like real. Like and it becomes this way layout. that recreates the kind of emotional uh-huh. feeling of what wow. you went through when you were a kid. And it's kind of great. That's great. You're mm-hmm. like, you're, you're like, he should It's do own this. art installation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and it's a fantastic book. And you actually like, I will never read Fantastic Four number That's one for crazy. pleasure. But I will read this again. Yeah. Yeah. It works. I'd like he should go back and just do that with every old comic book. That's basically what we were trying to do with Spider Verse. Hey, it's ex- the yeah. exact like how do you com- how do you convey the the feeling of reading one of those and it just being you and the comic book right going right into your brain. You right. know, how close can we get to that? Sensation? Well, I mean, it means that what any you know, it's always about taking what's yeah. in your brain and making somebody else see yeah. it. But when it comes to stuff like this, you can actually yeah. get a step closer. That's wild. To it. I had never heard that. Yeah, it's great. It's worth looking what for. What a trip. Um, we're, See, that's why people listen to our podcast. That's where are they going to get stories like that? <laughs> exactly. But we're, we're out there plugging other people's books. Um, should I thank this guy? I think you should. I think mean, we just got a lovely, we'll get into it in a minute. We haven't even told you who our guest uh-huh. is, but 
we keep talking about how we're just not going to announce our guest at all anymore. <laughs> by the time you're listening, you right. know. Um, uh, Ian Nicholson uh, sent us a lovely package. Um, he's a, a longtime listener of the show and just wanted to show his appreciation. And he sent this amazing, what is it, a half sheet, Joe? Yeah. It's a half sheet of uh, uh, the greatest double feature of all time. I didn't even know such a thing. It says. It says, <laughs> I agree. Um, and now I'm going to have to have it framed of, uh, it's the odd couple in Rosemary's yeah. baby, which I guess they went out to theaters with. Yes. Two, two, two pictures Paramount had a lot of prints of and decided <laughs> let's, let's, let's use these prints. That's fantastic. <laughs> that, that is, that is just the greatest thing. This is the movies that made me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. We're back with returning champion, uh, uh, Peter Ramsey is here. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're thrilled to have him back. He is the first, but not the last, uh, of our guests to um, uh, have uh, uh, get the big awards boost from the uh, trailers from Hell movies <laughs> that made me podcast. That's right. That's and because and that's, you came on our show last bag, time. Maybe. Your episode dropped, and what happened? <laughs> Got nominated for an Academy Award, uh, it which all, he then it won. All be different if he hadn't come. And, and, you know, we recently had Bill Hader on, and the day his episode dropped, he got nominated for, like, 17 Emmys. Whoa. So, yeah. So we're, you, we're, you, you awards chasers, just come to us. That's right. The that's Saturn right. Awards is this Friday, the 13th. <laughs> I wonder what's uh, going to happen then for Spider-Verse. Oh, are you guys up one? Sure. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. We are. Fantastic. We actually are. It's, geez, it's still going on awards. It's, it's kind of like this, it's, this ain't your daddy's Dr. Reed's like Saturn a, Award thing. They're kind of sprucing it up and trying to oh no i didn't mean i meant the the, the actual award season is oh yeah oh here. jesus christ yeah i <laughs> know I'm last like, year i'm like i'm like what because <laughs> i think a couple of weeks ago we won a hugo Fantastic. sure great yes which congratulations. was you know incredible but i was like oh it's still going on man it's a weird yeah there's Crazy. all those ones that uh what is i remember like months after the, the oscars yeah. i got to go to the the mystery writers the edgar awards oh, wow. you know? but there was a uh -huh. sort of weird sense because there'd been a break then everyone was sort of yeah. back together. You're like, it's not over yet. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. But uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. All thank you. Thank you. And we, we gushed over the movie way before you were a nominee. Oh, so, man. Uh, we don't have to prove our bona fides there. Thank you guys so much. Um, but good good to have you back. You're, um, Great to be back. Uh, I think you're the first guest I got into a knockdown drag out fight with, um, <laughs> which I feel terrible. Do you, do you, do you remember Why? that over uh, – over um, over that one you were in, wrong about internal affairs. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> over that and, one you were wrong about. And I realized the other day it's killing me. We just had Elijah Wood on. In fact, this episode uh -huh. with Daniel Noah drops today. The first part of it, and I I had forgotten I was going to grill him about that. He's in that film. Is it? What? That was one of his first credits. Say yeah, what? yeah. I want to see if he was going to like stand up. And oh my god, it. really? I don't yeah. remember that. Yeah. I, I guess they have a kid. Oh, I got to go back and check it out. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Any excuse wow. to go back and watch that wow. masterpiece again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to quite describe this. We're doing something a little bit different this time because mm. we're, we're not doing, you know, it's the movies that made me, not the movies I've made. But, but we're going to do sense. movies you kind of worked on. You well, did they made work you, on they in a sense. Too. But they kind of made you too. Yeah. It's not like we're sitting here asking you to Absolutely. talk about movies you've directed or written. Yeah. Um, uh, but 
uh, tell you before before you started directing. Tell us about your career. Mm-hmm. You were. I was uh, uh, for uh, many years a storyboard artist uh, for live action feature films. So all through basically kind of spanning the nineties, uh, I got to work on uh, a lot of big, big Hollywood pictures with a lot of big Hollywood directors, and I got to work alongside or for uh, some of my some of my actual heroes, like people that I literally sort of like kind of worshipped. So uh, it was uh, that was a pretty incredible time for me. Yeah, and I mean, you worked, and they're amazing filmmakers, so amazing yeah. movies. Um, and we thought it would be interesting, especially after the last time, um, uh, to have you come in and kind of talk about some of that. I guess it's yeah. sort of a cheat, but... No, it isn't. Okay. So <laughs> how, did you, how, did you Thanks, get, how did you get to the point where you were landing this job? You know, it, it, the, it was a funny thing. I mean, I, I had this sort of like, you know, I grew up in, uh, in L.A., in South Central L.A., just off Crenshaw and Slauson. No connections to the movie biz. I mean, I'm like 10 miles from Hollywood, but, you know, I mu- yeah, yeah, I might as well have been in Nebraska. It's yeah. pre, pre-internet, pre a lot of things. And uh, I, uh, you know, I had drawn all my life and I was getting, uh, getting to the age where I was just starting to realize that people could make a living in the arts, uh, specifically movies, which, you know, my friends and I, we were really, you know, had really become... Uh, uh, you know, kind of cinephiles, kind of homegrown cinephiles, and uh, um, just starting to encounter people who were getting like little tiny jobs on the fringes of the industry. And I got a couple myself. Like uh, I, I painted a mural for a for a really low budget film. I painted a mural on their their one set, and uh, I had gotten like a little gig sweeping up confetti between takes on a, <laughs> a Terry Coke commercial. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I'm like <laughs> sticking my toes in the big time. But uh, I hadn't really considered that, oh, my God, I could take the talent that I have and use it somehow in this business, right. which was it, I, that reality was just starting to sort of come into focus for me. So uh, once I really understood that, uh, I signed on with this agency that repped storyboard artists for uh, advertising, and they said they were just moving into repping people for feature films. So I said, great, that's a place for me. And uh, I tried once, and they rejected me. And six months later, the guy who owned the agency happened to come into the bookstore I was working at, and he said, "Hey, you tried to, you know, you tried to sign on with this a little bit ago." I said, "Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you guys, you know, you rejected me, so here I am." <laughs> and uh, I, I legit kind of thought that was it. And he said, "You should try again. Try it again." They took me on. Uh, I was doing, you know, storyboards for. Uh, Commercials about every, you know, like rinky dinky lo- local access cat litter commercials, just like any little thing. But it started to sort of snowball, got more clients. I was doing, I did a bunch of those, uh, uh, the Miller, Miller Light, uh, come out of the cold commercials. Remember right, they used to yeah. have those with the party would start when the <laughs> yes. guy opens a cooler? So I, store, I boarded <laughs> a bunch of those. And uh, at the end of that year, true to their word, they got me a feature. And the movie was never made. It was by Frank LaLogia, the guy who did Lady in White. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. That movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Frank. Good movie. And uh, he was trying to uh, do a movie about uh, Michelangelo carving the David. Hmm. And That's uh, a hard sell. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it was, you know, it was, I, he had a really cool take on it, I thought. It was really accessible. I uh, got to go to Italy because he was location scouting at the same time. So it was a, kind, of a, kind of a crazy intro into that world. And, you know, very sadly, the movie never got made, but 
I had like a big stack of boards and I had gotten a lot of practice. So um, I started getting other gigs. I think the next one was uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part hmm. 5, I think, which was directed by Stephen Hopkins. Right. A little bit later, I worked with Stephen again on Predator 2. Um, but the but the movie after Nightmare, I think, uh, it was called Almost an Angel. It was with probably nobody remembers it. It was um, Paul Hogan kind of like breaking, oh, out, breaking yeah. out of this his. After it was after Crocodile Dundee in on the 3 heat or whatever. Of, he, was, yes. he was striking out on a bold new tack. And this yeah. time he was a lovable Australian guy who wasn't Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> and, uh, That's how you tell them apart. And uh, that movie started at non-union and it went union like a couple of months in. And I had the hours in, so I got into the union. And wow. then after lightning, that, right? yeah, lightning striking, you know. So uh, after that, uh, I got dumped into the very small pool of guys who were working on the big studio films. And then it was like, um, yeah, you name it. I, I, Ron Howard, Francis Coppola, um, Spielberg. I, I just, you know, I was, I was, you know, I barely knew what I was doing. I was, right. you know, still, you know, very, very green. Uh, luckily, there were a lot of uh, you know old creative hands who were super generous about you know showing me the ropes and that sort of thing. Uh, but I was I was good enough, and I think you know I basically taught myself to draw from comics, so my style was dynamic and punchy enough that right. I think it sold well in storyboards. Sure, and and I was really eager. You know, I think a lot of these guys really enjoyed. You know, I was like you know bright eyed and bushy tailed and all that stuff. So that goes a long way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I I got to work with a real a lot of awesome people and uh, and I was learning and I was eager to learn. Cool. Well, we sort of isolated a few that we thought would be fun to talk about. I mean, do you want to go through them in any kind of order, or can I, I just sort of hit you hit and him, hit me? And we like in, yeah. in no particular order. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Should we start with sort of spectacular or more more, more down to earth? More down to earth. Um, well, why don't you go chronologically? Oh God, I didn't. I didn't put. I don't know what order. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Well, let's start with, 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 so, um, uh, cause I think the, 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 we'll work back in my mind. Mm -hmm. I think the greatest director alive is, is Francis Ford Coppola. And, and I still remember, oh. um, as someone, oh. as someone who was like you, a genuine comic guy, we would go, yeah. I'm going to tell, we've never discussed this. I'm going to, you're going to, you're going to tell me if I'm wrong. We would go to San Diego comic-con every year. And it would be a respite from Hollywood. Mm -hmm. It would be an escape from all that. And then slowly over time, <laughs> all right. but uh, it, it became something else entirely. But I remember the year Coppola came down there to show scenes from Dracula. And it was, you know, oh. no one had done that before. There may have been one or two other filmmakers wow. there with little movies, but this was a premier filmmaker with a massive movie coming to show us early stuff. And it was an amazing thing. And, and wow. no, you know, who imagined that that was the beginning of the end. But, <laughs> but I remember him sitting there talking about how he used kind of uh, old, um, old turn of the century magic right. tricks basically to do the film. And uh, you, you were a storyboard artist on fucking Dracula, yep. which is, I, you know, I know people are mixed on it, but I mean, visually, you have to acknowledge it's just one of the greatest looking movies. Here occurred the frightening and shocking history of Prince Dracula and the woman he loved. I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Yeah. Dracula. There's a 
there's a sinister, darker side to him. I find irresistible. I have never met any man with such a passion for life. He is unlike any man. I think it's only Keanu that they're mixed on. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I actually love it. That's true. It's got, I used to back it up for years. I, I have, I have now converted. He to plays cult. a character yeah. that was almost never uh, adapted into any of the movies, which is, which is uh, one okay. of the reasons yeah. that people are so put off by it. Yeah. It's, it's not his fault. I just remember my, my, my favorite, I have, I have two great Keanu impressions. Um, one is from Point Break, which I'm sure I've done on the show. The other is from Dracula, where he goes, <laughs> I fear, alas, Dracula has outsmarted us again. <laughs> <laughs> I was so good. <laughs> we always used to say, I have offended you with my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> but what was that like? Oh, Walking man. in the door, you do you meet with him? Is he the guy who hires you? you well, that guy? was that was the thing because it was like, okay, I worshipped, I I literally legitimately worshipped Francis Coppola. I mean, from from being like 12, I think, and seeing uh seeing bits and pieces of the Godfather when they'd show it on TV. And it's this thing that's like, it's this like, it's like you're peeking through the veil at like adulthood yes. or like sophistication. <laughs> and you're like, I don't really understand what's going on, but it's, but I, it, 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 it just like, good. oh man. And it just like the gears were just turning and like, you're wondering what is, what is, what is life like? What is politics and power like? What is all this stuff? So, uh, and then, you know, you name Apocalypse Now you know, Rumblefish, all these other things that were just like, you know, I worship the guy. So uh, I was I was pretty new in the industry. I had done a couple of movies and uh, I had, you know, I had made friends with a couple of the guys who were like a little more ensconced. And uh, uh, there's a guy, David Lowry, who was, who kind of was and is kind of like, like the Gandalf of storyboard artists, <laughs> sort of. Um, I had heard about Dracula and I was like, oh my God, I would literally become a vampire myself in order to work <laughs> on that movie. And uh, I was just, you know, I, I was like doing the equivalent of praying. And then I found out that this guy, I know David Lowry was on it and he was leaving to do something else. So they needed somebody else. So I talked to Dave and I said, Dave, are you actually leaving? Is it true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going no, no, no. How can you be so blase? It's Coppola. And he's like, well, you know, well, well, well. I got. He wasn't as, what, what was he leaving to do? I, you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think he was as big of a like movie movie guy as me. Right. So he didn't have as you know his you know in a sense. I mean, he's like David Spiel uh, David Spielberg. He's like Steven Spielberg's right hand for years. So I, it was probably to go off and do an Amblin project. Okay. I just had this nightmare that it's like he went off to do like the Jim Belushi yeah, right, no. movie or something. You know? <laughs> no, I can almost guarantee it was probably like <laughs> Jurassic Park or something like that. <laughs> right. But uh, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell him about you. And I'm like, oh, thanks. And, my, you know, my master <laughs> plan is like coming true. So I get on and Francis isn't there for like the first two weeks I'm on. And I'm kind of looking at what the other, you know, guys have been doing. There's a guy, Sherman Labby. You know Sherman? I know. I've, Did you know Sherman? Uh, one of the like, you know, like, you know, he's passed on uh, years back, sadly now. But uh, he he was like one of the master board artists. There was George Jensen. There was oh, yeah, Mentor Huben. There's yeah. all these guys who were like, like you know, the Justice League of uh, con concept art and storyboards at the time. And uh, so I was on for a couple of weeks, just like nervous as hell about my, you know, because you know, as I said, I was still pretty green. So the day came when okay, Francis is here. He'd like to meet you and welcome you onto the show. And I was like, really? 
okay. And so I go to his office. It's it's in a bungalow. He's situated in a bungalow on the on the Sony lot, which used to be the Columbia lot. It used to be the MGM lot and all that other stuff. Um, and it's late afternoon. And this is the bungalow. I think Joan Crawford. It's the Crawford building. Joan Crawford used to have her room there. I go in, knock on the door, come in, boom. And it's like a big room. It's a conference room. It's got a nice big old kind of lacquered table. And there's this wooden blinds. And they're kind of half drawn. So it's like, it's like Godfather it's like Godfather lighting. Yeah. It's Godfather light. It's straight up Godfather 2 light. And Francis is at a desk in the corner of this big room, kind of like, dark. oh, hello. Is it dark? It's kind of dark. It's a little, it's, I mean, it's, okay, it's not dark, dark, but it's like, it's probably like four in the afternoon. It, the light is like, you know, coming in through, you know. Gordon Willis. Yes. I, yeah, it's like Gordon Willis came in. Wait a minute before the meeting starts. Yeah. Do. <laughs> and so, uh, so I go in and uh, he's looking through my stuff and he's, oh, I just want to welcome you to the show. We're, we're so, you know, I'm so grateful you could come in and help us and bubble. And he's like giving this like, this real like Willy Wonka kind of like vibe, you know. It's like, I'm, and I'm sitting there and I can't believe it's just me and him. And he's talking to me, and he's like, like happy to, yeah. And he's, you know, he's just chit chatting a little. Yeah, this is really good. Yeah, we'll like, you know, talk about, you know. And I'm kind of like apologizing. Yeah, I know some of it might be kind of boring, and uh, and he's like, well, sometimes you want boring stuff, and sometimes you want more crazy stuff, and we'll get into the crazy stuff. And and uh, he looks at me and goes, Have you ever been to the Silverfish? And I go, uh, No, I haven't. I've heard about it, but I haven't. He says, Come on, I'll show you. And he takes me takes me out of the office, and we go to the Silverfish, which is his silver Airstream trailer. Yeah. He opens it up and shows me all the gadgets and all the. So it was just like this, this incredible thing. And when we were when it was you know when we were kind of you know breaking up, he goes, "Well, shakes my hand. I'm really glad you can come come onto this and help us out. And uh, looking forward to a lot of great stuff. It's great to me. I'm just I'm walking away. I've got like tears in my eyes." He's so like, you know, and over the, over the making of the movie, I mean, he could totally see, I'm sure I was like exactly the kind of kid that he's like, like to have around. Cause I was like, I'll do anything. I'll, you know, jump <laughs> off any balcony. Right. I'll, yeah. And I was, I was so into it. Well, and, there's an energy. Yeah. That, well, that you can I feed so. off of. I think, and he was, probably. and yeah. he's really into that. He, he would constantly ask, just give me ideas. I want good ideas. Just throw anything crazy at me. I'll tell you know, I just want everything. I wish I could feed you guys LSD every day. Come on, let's go. And it was really, it was really fun. It was really fun, and and it felt, uh, it really felt that you were participating in an artistic endeavor, and uh, you know all the influences and all the reference he encouraged us to kind of soak up, and it really was, uh, it was a great time. And he was, uh, yeah, it, you know, the other thing he did, you know, he cottoned on that I was, uh, you know. I dreamed of directing something myself someday, being a director. And he took it seriously. You know, he would do little things here. And there was, if I can stretch out my time and get one, one more story that I was, uh, sometimes I would work in this, in that office at the Crawford building. I would have my stuff and I'd be drawing at the conference table. Francis would be in the corner working on a script or returning emails or whatever he was doing. And one day, uh, you know, we were just going, uh, working away and these uh uh some execs from sony come in so i'm I'll, oh francis i'll you know i'll take off and he goes no 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 stick around it's fine it's fine so 
the execs sit down and Francis sits down with them and they basically have a little meeting and they're talking budget and they're talking schedule and, you know, they're going back and forth. And I'm like, wow, this is, I'm kind of pretending like I don't hear them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they break up and I'm, you know, trying to work dutifully and Francis comes over, claps his hand on my shoulder and goes, you know, I wanted you to stay because as a young director, it's important that you see these kind of things and see the inner workings of a studio and what you have to uh, deal with. And once again, the, the tear is like <laughs> going down my face and blink. And uh, so, yeah, it was an incredible experience. I mean, not to say nothing of, you know, being able to be in on the rehearsals with the cast and, uh, you know, working. Hey, so, yeah, I was wondering, what, what, what was kind of the process with that? Because it's always different. Um, yeah. Well, he was, well, it was, I did a lot of work with uh, Roman. Roman was, uh, Roman came in because they had decided, they had flirted with digital effects early on. Mm-hmm. But kind of like, uh, you know, as Francis kind of like, kept going along, I think he was realizing more and more, I mean, my theory is that he really wanted to do a silent film. Right. Because yeah, that I, movie, that, that I think, so if you watch it with the sound off, I, I, which I've never done for the, for the whole thing, but yeah. I bet it's way better. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, so all the references were from silent films or early films. All the, yeah. there's just a, the total vibe that he wanted was that way. So he kind of enlisted Roman that, you know, they were going to try to do really old school, genuine practical, practical effects or as close as they could get. And so I spent a lot of time with Roman kind of working out, well, what about this? And what if you had this crazy costume that you could pull off and reveal this all in, you know, with the shot and uh, lots of stuff like that. Uh, this was after, I mean, we'd, we'd spent a lot of time, a, a team of us board artists, just kind of like, just doing like a throwing down a first pass of uh, the entire script. And it was a lot like, it actually was a lot like animation. But meaning what? Because I, I, I mean, I've actually worked in the art department yeah. on movies, and I'm still a little bit oh, yeah. oblivious to all this. I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know at all. When, when you say thrown down, I mean, were you guys just breaking out sort of rough storyboards for the yes, entire film? Exactly. And then, which was so kind of the entire. Yeah, that seems like it. Well, Fra- Francis, he was definitely doing something that, that's taken from the way that you make a movie in animation, which is right. you storyboard the whole thing, you record scratch voices for the actors, you time it out, you edit it. You put it up and you watch it and you, you're watching a, a paper cut of the movie, basically. So you, and you can kind of adjust from there, which was real super unusual to do with uh, live action movies yeah. at that time. It's done more and more now with the Marvel movies and stuff like that. But Francis was, uh, I remember he was really into, uh, there was a, a new tool from uh, a new Sony camera called the Mavica that we would shoot the boards on. And it was, uh, it was a, he was into combining images electronically. So he was really interested in pre-visualizing the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, he was the pioneer. He pre- was. He definitely yeah. was. Be- before the whole previous industry existed, Francis was already doing it. So our first passes at what, what, we, what he called the score, which was like the big, you know, the complete storyboard of the movie. That was the, the, the main thing that was going on. And got, the, got that to a certain point. And then uh, they were basically... I was doing like a lot of like brainstorming and conceptual stuff, uh, kind of bouncing off with Roman and we'd like bounce ideas and work out stuff for how some of the practical effects would be done and et cetera, et cetera. That's cool. So, so we're, um, were you sort of getting marching orders from him or mm-hmm. is it more like we're picking stuff and then, you know, taking the finished products into him and he's uh, both. 
Both. Yeah. He was like he was he was uh, Napoleon, and uh, you know Roman was one of the generals, and I was a lieutenant, and it was sort of we'd like. And then you know, and and then I if I had an idea, I mean, he was always encouraging, just keep feet, just whatever you got, whatever you got. And I'd, you know, pop, oh, what a, hey, Francis just had a thought for this, had a thought for that, had a thought for that. Right. And some of them he'd like, you know, some of them would go by the wayside and some of them, oh, this is great. Do more like this, you know? So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was great. I mean, it was, I, I felt re- I was really connected to it. You know, I, I was on it for like a year, wow. you know, which was like way longer than anything else I'd been on. So I, I really, uh, you know, and I learned so much along the way. So yeah. Got to see him like rehearse the actors and work with them, and and uh, got to see him. Uh, you know, I, he, you know, it's it's really weird. I mean, I, even to that point, I'd worked with some you know talented people, but he'd come up with things. Sometimes I would go like, "Is this guy like he's is is that he might be a genius?" You know, <laughs> and sometimes there were ideas that didn't even make it into the film, right. but they came at such an angle, and they were like. They felt so fresh that it was like, wow. I mean, I think I think a lot of times you work with people and you learn from them and it's sort of hard going back to think of, you know, it's mm. more like the kind of overall gestalt of what you got. But is there any kind of one thing that you you took away from that, you think, that um, uh, that has been helpful? Uh, oh, yeah. I, th- I think there's dozens. Uh, I, um, I um, hmm, what are the biggies? I mean, uh, there's one that I always kind of like, oh. That's that I had never really thought of this way before, but he had this thing where he was, it was kind of about proportion in your work. And it, it was, uh, he was saying, you know, when you're working on a movie, everybody thinks that their department is doing a hundred percent of the movie. Right. The costume people think they're doing a hundred percent. The camera guys think they're doing a hundred percent. The sound guys think it's all about the sound. And he's like, in reality, at any given time, your contribution is like just, you know, 10% of the puzzle or right. whatever. So he was saying a lot of the work that he did was to try and like kind of manage that and sort of like, uh, you know, in dealing with other people on the team, it was to sort of like be like, you know, kind of the gentle, what's the gentle way of reminding people of that and yeah, sort of yes. like keeping things, uh, keeping things from spinning out of control. Um, oh man, I know there's dozens of things. I'm trying to remember them now. But oh, it's just, I, I, just like every day there was some like new, like, wow, wisdom from the Buddha kind of, you know. <laughs> have you, um, have you seen his, uh, have, I think we've talked about this, the, the Godfather notebook. Yes. Have, have you seen that Joe? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh. it's, it's, uh, oh my God. It's far less. Oh, it's, uh, they have done, there's two versions. There's one that's actually a complete recreation of it, which is lovely. It's, it's, uh, <gasps> I haven't you seen know, that. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a three ring binder oh, and all crap. the rest of this stuff. Oh, that's the one I got. Okay. Oh my I'm, God. I'm and it was a recreation of his notebooks that he kept for the Godfather, where he takes every page of the book, yeah, tapes it to a piece of paper and scrawls on it notes for himself, and then he writes these essays that break down various aspects. This is before he even written the script, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. where he writes down, you know, what each scene is about, mm-hmm. um, sort of visual aspects he wants to get in. All the the thing that that knocked me out when when reading it, I take it out all the time. Mm is he has a section where he sits down and he thinks about how can I fuck up this yep. scene? And that's the amazing yep. thing. It's like, how would I left to my own devices mm-hmm. do this wrong? What are the pitfalls? And I'm like, how, who does that? Yeah. And I, I just, I, who sits down and spends that much time thinking about how, how they can fuck something up. And it obviously is a <sighs> smart thing to do. Yeah. I, I think, I think the other, the, the, 
I think the watching him on Dracula, the way he thought about things in that kind of detail and that with that kind of like uh, ambition, yeah. kind of the creative scope yeah. of of his process really kind of blew me away because it's it's you know it it really was uh, you know when he really started delving into the idea that okay this movie is set in this period and we're gonna embrace uh, not only the look of this period but also the the creative philosophy of yeah. that period yeah. in the making of the movie. And it was just, it like, man, it's just, uh, I think that that was probably the biggest overarching thing was like that sort of, uh, creative ambition. Yeah. No, the depth of it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, well, I'd love to just, because it would be fun to sort of jump from, because it's yeah, like jump this away. giant creative endeavor by one of the world's greatest you can't get more established mm. than coppola was at that mm. point you've got i'm guessing slightly less than all the money in the world and all the time <laughs> um let's talk now about uh you worked with john singleton on his first movie that's right which i'm guessing was a different experience mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and very much so this is los angeles gang capital of the nation either they don't know don't show don't care about what's going on in the hood. I'm trying to remember. I think I'm trying to remember because I did John's first four movies. Right. Uh, we we became uh, we we were pretty close in his uh, in his formative years there, and uh, I'm trying to remember if Boys was. I think Boys was before Dracula. That's right. I had done yeah. Boys in the Hood before Dracula, and then after Dracula, I did John's next film, Poetic Justice. Mm. So that was kind of like, he was like, oh my God, oh, Francis is so cool. I got to talk to him. We would just <laughs> trade Francis Coppola stories because John was a huge geek. Oh, yeah. Huge, yeah. huge geek. And just a, it's just a sweetheart because he, you know, you see him posing for photos and he's trying to look all hard and hip hop. But uh, he was such like a, a puppy dog when it came to like, you know, Movies like Spielberg and Coppola and just yeah, anybody of that era. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Boys was, uh, that was wild because, you know, I hadn't, uh, you know, I hadn't heard of him. I just knew he was this guy. And for me, it was like, I was like, well, I want to be a director. Who's this guy? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and he, but he was so, uh, uh, he was driven, man. He was driven super confident uh you know he had a great script yeah he had written this script that was like you know it was it, it was light it was lightning in the bottle it was it was a movie that like you know a couple of years ago a couple of years before that no way would it have ever existed or been been taken seriously and the time was right and he came at it from the you know the right uh he was able to make it accessible without diluting it yeah. You know, and it was just like, wow, this is a, it's, it's a, a special thing that's, that's happening here. And, uh, yeah, so that was a pretty amazing time. Um, yeah, I just, he, he was so confident. And how, how did, um, cause it's so funny cause every time we've talked about this stuff, it's always, 
you know, it's like, yeah, I get, I get Dracula. I get these other credits. Mm. It's Boys in the Hood is such a, a, a amazingly kind of raw film with yeah. this kind of handheld energy. Mm. It's, there are movies that feel storyboarded and that is mm -hmm. not one that does. Right. Right. Um, like what was, what was that process? Were you on your own there or was there a department? Like I imagine you. No, it was, it was John and I, John yeah. and John, uh, John, sometimes he would sh have complete shot lists, like, you know, everything he'd have thought it out. He'd have visualized it in his head, written it down. He knew exactly how he wanted to shoot it. Um, and other times I'd, you know, I'd tell what about this? What about that? And I'd, you know, maybe adjust it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. That's a good idea. Smack me on the shoulder. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's dope. That's dope. And uh, we would kind of, you know, we would work things out sometimes. But he, like, he had it in his head. Mm. He could, if he could draw himself and he had the time, he could have banged it out. Got it. You know, I, here's, a, here's a question I should have asked about the other one. I'll ask mm. you about both. Um, is there a scene first in Dracula and then in Boys that you look at that is something that was, you know, one of your designs mm. that you know was a big was a big triumph right. of like right you know looking at the screen and going i, I need oh that. yeah there's a couple in dracula yeah there's a, in dracula i think there's uh there uh there's a bunch you know there were so many little tricky shots in dracula and, yeah and the one that makes me the happiest when i see it on the screen was uh um uh, uh keanu reeves is on the train mm -hmm. and he's reading the diary and you hear gary oldman's voiceover yes. and there's a there's a shot of the book yes. open in the foreground and the train's going across in the background and the yes. shadow of the train is on the, on the book. So I pitched that one to Francis. Oh, that's like, a, oh I love it. Oh, it's a fantastic you love that. shot. Yeah. You love that one. Yeah. And uh, there were a couple of other shots sort of like that in that, in that area. I, there was, uh, there was stuff, uh, when, uh, when Dracula becomes Gary Oldman becomes Dracula, stabs the cross and, there's some stuff in that area that I, I was, you know, I was in a brainstorm thing with like Francis and uh, Michael Ballhouse, mm -hmm. the great Michael Ballhouse. And uh, uh, I think Dante Ferretti was still the production designer at that time. So we were just, we just like, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? And uh, we kind of built up the whole thing where he like, oh my God, he stabs the cross and blood comes out. And, you know, we kind of like brainstormed that in the room as, as I remember. And, uh, yeah. And then Francis went off. Oh, and then he's going to drink the blood and that's, you know, and, um, uh, and boys, uh, I think if anything, you know, if anything, it was just like refining what John had or like, you know, if there were like air, if there were gaps in between in, right. you know, in among what he had already thought out, it was, I'd just go, Oh, you could do that. Or you could, and it was simple, just, you know, direct oh you could combine those two and you know you could boom up to this or you know stuff like that yeah but in boys i mean he really did uh he really did kind of have that that was a passion project for him he had right. it in his head so he's more communicating his vision to you and having yes it and, and then you're just helping yeah. find it yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah joe I what, what's your relationship with storyboards well when i started i was told that uh you have to have storyboards because um, I was making low budget pictures for Roger Corman. And the idea was, you know, you have 10 days to make a movie. You have to figure out how many yeah. shots can you do a day? And, um, storyboards were, I found helpful in that regard, particularly if you wanted to show other people what it was that you had in your head. But then later I, I felt that the storyboards were restrictive and I think storyboards are great to have, mm -hmm. certainly on complicated movies or effects movies or anything mm -hmm. like that. But, uh, but 
I do think they're more or less something to fall back on. Right. It's kind of a guide because when you get there, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen some beautifully rendered storyboards that are unfoamable, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely with, with, with perspective hands, you know, fists <laughs> reaching out of the screen. And it's like, why you can't shoot that? So, <laughs> you know, they're there. And, and, and it, these things help get movies made. So I'm not knocking yeah. it at all. But I think in, in, when you get reality on the set with the actors and the stunt people, uh, new, and, and as you said, the ideas come out. I mean, you encourage yeah. people to have ideas. I mean, it, 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 and, and the more ideas come out, the, the more the storyboard tends to sort of recede a little into the distance mm-hmm. because now it's, a, mm-hmm. it's kind of a different world than the, than the hermetically sealed one which provided the storyboard. Um, so I, I, I think they're a great tool. And one of my favorite directors is William Cameron Menzies, who, of course, was a, a great storyboard artist and a great art director. Mm. And he made pictures like Invaders from Mars and he, you know, did Gone with the Wind and, and all this. Pictor- he was a very pictorial director. Mm. And, um, and so I was, I was always taken with uh, graphic design in movies. Right. Um, but when I started to make my own movies, I discovered that really wasn't where my talent lies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was really that, you know, I had to do the John Huston approach which is you know see what the actors are going to do and then figure out where yeah. you're going to put your camera yeah yeah that's how men make movies <laughs> i mean i mean i i say that kind of jokingly but there's like a there's there's like a level of skill that you know that you know a director like you joe or like a you know you know like a spielberg or or like you know when you get onto a set you can some you know you know and you can summon that stuff and you got right. the the spatial chops and all that all that stuff. And, uh, but when you're just starting out and you don't quite know yeah. what you're doing, yeah. it's really helpful oh, to yeah. have a guide. It's also helpful to have other people on the set who have done yes. it before, which is why my first, my <laughs> first movie we hired uh, two other directors as actors just so they would be on the set all the time and say, <laughs> uh, don't leave until you get a close-up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that, honestly, that to me, I, as I went along, I, because I do, you know, I storyboard stuff with directors and I'd see it be, you know, I, I see the finished movie and stuff would get shot and I'd go, oh, that doesn't really look too much like that. But it's because, well, they switched to another location and there's a big wall there and right. they couldn't get half of those shots. Or the, right. there's always something like on the day, it's like, we'll see, you know, what we can do. And you just start realizing, you know, oh, you know, the most valuable thing for these be, beyond just like the, there's the practical stuff of, well, the stunt guys have to see what the director's got in mind or the right. visual effects guys it's got to be exactly like this, so it's got to be bordered exactly. Other than that, to me, the most the most value is for the director being able to think through mm-hmm. the storytelling right. that he you know might want to employ. So you know and, you and get you on do t- alternate versions. You do here's a, exactly. one way of doing the scene. Here's another way, and then you can show it exactly. to people and say, Here, "Here's something we thought we were going to do, but here's what we're really going to do." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, on Dracula, Francis, you know the 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 storyboard we did on Dracula was really like like a, a ultra pre- preliminary thing just to like get some semblance of narrative down. Right. He'd get on the set and like design these like just fantastic shots that, you know, I could never have come up with it within a million years, you know, just and, pull out and he couldn't either before he got on the set a right. lot of the time. Right. But you know, he's like, he's got the chops to be able to, to make that happen. I love, I want to go back for one second. Did, did you, Cast directors specifically for that reason. Oh, they were friends that? of mine, Jonathan oh, okay. Kaplan and but it Paul wasn't, Bartel. Uh, they, they were, they, and then I just thought that it would be useful to have some people. Yeah, know so what you, they were doing. So you know, that's that. brilliant because I, I inadvertently <laughs> when I when I did infested uh, Robbie McNeil, who had been on Star Trek Voyager and had directed many episodes of it, and is now mm-hmm. a great TV director. 
Um, no, I just, I, I wanted to find out if you had done that on purpose or not. Cause after I did infest it, I remember thinking I, I, that was smart of me to hire a director <laughs> as an actor. Cause yeah, they're great. They're just, yeah. Like you say, you're like, you're going to want coverage. You know? <laughs> right. It's like, uh, you, you're going to want to cut to something. That's a long scene. Like, Thank you. Um, very, right. very smart. Well, as long yeah. as, yeah, so, so, um, uh, <laughs> how men make movies. Let's, <laughs> let's transition to. Now that we've demolished the value of storyboards. Uh, yes, exactly. My life has been a lie. And I, I sort of wanted to pick people who, like, I was interested to hear, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got these giants and yeah. I was also interested in sort of some smaller films yeah. too. I really wanted to hear about, about Singleton because that was interesting. Yeah. And then, one that I, I just, it's so funny because I just don't think of him as somebody who, who would come from a world of storyboarding. Um, a mortal, mortal enemy of mine. Um, I'll tell you why. I, I wrote a piece for the Village Voice many years ago called I Will Not Read Your Fucking Script. Uh -huh, that uh -huh. was for a long time. Uh, the most read article they ever had on their website. Wow. And it got toppled huh. when David Mamet wrote an article about ah. why he was no longer a brain-dead liberal. And it's a, it's a terrible article. It's really frustrating. I feel like he's just gone downhill ever since then. But it got more hits than mine did. So it's, uh, um, hey. It's my annual call. Dun, dun. From you're gonna, you're gonna, oh, I get that one all the time. That's not a person. Oh, okay. Well, then, that's not, not it didn't answer. sound like a person from the ringtone. <laughs> Dude, I don't think we had one of those last time you were on. You finally no. got your... Uh... No, you're right. La Crescenta was... Uh, that's a phony place because I've gotten some... Yeah, La Crescenta. There is the no one. There's La a couple Crescenta. places I get that... Uh, um, but uh, uh, you worked on... Um, Spartan. Spartan, which is yes. a movie I fucking love. Uh, that is... Joe's smiling at me noncommittally. You a, a fan <laughs> the of only way I ever smile at him. <laughs> uh, where, are you a, are you a Mammoth fan? Are you a? Uh, I, I I appreciate him. <laughs> Where's the girl? Sir, we believe she was abducted. That she was taken to a bordello here in Boston. She may have been delivered for sale and sent down the pipeline and overseas to get to her father. What do they do when they realize who they took? They kill her. But that that is uh, that's an amazing film. I, I, I love it. I, I, what was what was that experience like? Was he because um, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's that visually concerned, right. As a director, right. you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. For him, uh, he was great. Let me put it. Uh, I'll start off there, and and that's another one I went into. Oh my god, I get to yeah. what you know, David Mamet. I you know, idolized his work. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd ever call him any kind of visualist. It was much more about uh, the logic of it, mm -hmm. you know, just the logic of the storytelling, and uh, you know w what you know. You read his books on directing, and it's 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 that like book's amazing. It's like you know, yeah, but it's it's also I I kind of go back and forth because it's like it's so like Puritan and kind of yes. doctrinaire that I'm like. Mm. Okay, come on, loosen up a little. Well, here's here's the have you you've, have you read Bennett's book on I'm directing? Not. I I recommend it highly. Yes, for screenwriters. Yes, it's an amazing yes. book on screenwriting. His book for directing is amazing for writers. Exactly, I'll, and I I, I'm constantly going through percent. it, going like thousand. I don't know how much good this is for director. Yeah. I mean, it, it, by the way, it's good for directors percent. to understand yes. that stuff. Absolutely. But I'm like, this is one of the best books about screenwriting I've ever yeah. read, and yeah. it's called on directing. Yeah, his his stuff on writing is just. I wish he would write a gigantic like. Because his his work on writing is just yeah. astonishing to me, and yeah, and that puritanism works in terms yes. of narrative and 
Yeah. I mean, here's the thing I always go back to, and you either understand it or you don't, but yeah. if you don't understand it and you want to be a writer, you need to spend time trying to. Because if you mm -hmm. understand why David mm -hmm. Mamet says, you must never have a character say a telephone number, you understand <laughs> everything. <laughs> they must true. never say a telephone number. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many things like that. And he was, he was great. Uh, and uh, it was uh, with him. Uh, yeah. And it, but, but I, I will say, I will say there is, there is some like, there's a, it was a little tough translating what he wanted into visuals. Sometimes he would be, there's a, I don't know if it was because he was kind of constantly like re rethinking things because he would do that quite a bit. But, but I think the, yeah, I don't, I, I, I literally, I think it probably comes down to the fact that he just wasn't like a naturally visual person that way. The, the, the logic didn't manifest itself automatically in visual images for him. It was still, you know, it was yeah. ideas and they were yeah. theoretical and, you know, you'd present something that you thought kind of worked and he'd be kind of like, he'd, he'd, uh, I don't know. Sometimes he'd be kind of adamant about, no, that's not quite right. I don't think that's quite the the exact way that, uh, but he didn't really have the answer sometimes. It was interesting. The, 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 it always felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect, but the ideas were like, you know, they're rock solid, you yeah. know? And you yeah. could like, I remember my, my, my brother, Eric actually storyboarded Red Belt with him. Oh, I didn't know that. So we okay, both, yeah, so yeah we both, both worked experience. with David. We both worked with him. I like that movie. And I, I love Red Belt. And it was, it was wild Spartan. I was, I was always like, this reminds me of like one of those movies you'd see on like Cinemax. And it's like, you know, he's got to save the daughter of the president from a Saudi uh, <laughs> sex harem or but whatever. By, it was. by the way, like, yeah, one of the things I love, he never, they, they never say that. Crazy. Yeah, I know. They never I know. tell it's you all who alluded, she is. It's all alluded to, but it's like. <laughs> and that's clearly who she is. Yeah. But since you don't need to tell us, he doesn't tell us. Yeah. It's very, very, really shall wild. I say, Spartan kind of yeah. storytelling. Totally. But, uh, no, I love it because to me, it's just this, this, it's just the distilled essence of an action movie. Just, just boiled well, down. It's probably a brain dead liberal anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> exactly. Right. I, exactly. I don't think he quite got to that point yet, or at least overtly. Yeah. No, but it was, some of it that was stuff definitely pre, but yeah. I, I remember there was a, it, it was sort of like, I was kind of like, the script is like, it's just vague enough that you're like, whoa, wait a minute. What are you, what is this? What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. But, but it was also, I mean, and it's also, it's really, it's all about the Val Kilmer character. Yeah. It's like just stripped down and like, it was, uh, it I was really refreshing I could be that wrong, way. I think, but the only time anyone ever refers to him by name, it's when he's using a pseudonym. Like oh, maybe. Never, I don't think you ever actually I know wouldn't his, doubt it. his name. I wouldn't doubt it. No name. Yeah, kind of. But it's like, because you don't need to. Yeah, no, it's just like, you know. it's pared down to the absolute essentials. And it yeah. was, in that way, for me at the time, it was a great education. In, so what uh, was the process with that him? Kind of story like now. you get on the job, was there, again, I, I can't imagine there's a big storyboard department. It was uh, no, it was just me. It was, it was small. It was a lower and, budget film. And you would get the script and. Get the script. I'd sit with him and he'd talk and he gave me uh like, which I still treasure to this day, are a bunch of uh, notes that he had like. Oh, you know, down. yeah, just just notes, just like thinking about the character, thinking oh, about the wow. plot, thinking about. And I still have those, and uh, I mean, it was it was a lower budget movie, so a lot of it was about okay, how are we going to do this economically? So I remember some of it was just very practical. We have this set, and we have this. I can't show that because I don't 
you know, have that. So we got to figure out these transitions. And a lot of it was literally just like that practical, you know, meat and potatoes kind of stuff to figure right. out. And I don't remember, I, I don't remember it being, uh, you know, overly pseudo intellectual or anything like that. A yeah, lot of it, it was, I can't imagine it was just kind of stripping away and, uh, uh, figuring, uh, literally it was, how can, and we'd be Spartan about this. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, the movie was what it, what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, why well, I, I definitely recommend the book. Is there a, um, uh, is there, is there a shot or scene that you take away and go like, that's, that's, that's my baby. Oh, probably. God, that was so long ago. Uh, that was, I should have prepped you for that question. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> that, that was, that no, it, it's, it's um, a lot of them. I, I do have, have those on Spartan. I cannot remember, but I'm positive there are moments where I like came up with a visual solve or right. whatever that he was. Oh, that's great! That's great! We could do that! We could do that! And uh, and he was a uh, and the other thing, he's just a great rock contour. It was oh, just yeah. great to sit and talk to the guy and I'm chat. Sure. And uh, again, you know, he could tell what a fan I was. So I've got like a half dozen signed mammoth books of what <laughs> you know, whatever he had lying around. Oh, you can have one of these. At what point I wonder does that get to be? You know, how many how many days before you have to stop bringing in your, uh, uh, you know, your original script for? Oh Gary yeah, Jordan I know, Ross. I know. <laughs> I, I try I try not to like get too you know you know you don't you don't want to be embarrassing about it, but <laughs> but you know, you're, yeah. you know you're, if you're enthusiastic, exactly. you know it's it's yes. gonna it's gonna come out to some degree. And I'm not like big Mister Collector guy and you know stuff in plastic bags or whatever. So uh, it was I think it was a kind of a, a happy medium of the. Uh, of the worship. Um, sorry, I was just a little started. This okay. happens every now and then. No, every now and then I get a Twitter announcement that Joe Dante has tweeted something. <laughs> mentioned. And I'm sitting here. You just tweeted an announcement about our current show that dropped today. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. You're sitting there without touching your phone. No, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It's, it's, absolutely. It's just the it power of his mind. It happened in La, it's the La Crescenta <laughs> connection. Um, uh, well, let's, let's jump around now. This one, let's go to a really big movie, like a okay. huge movie that I... Uh, I actually went back and watched again because mm. I thought I should for this mm -hmm. conversation. I, it, it's a movie that gets some abuse. Um, there are some people who love it, uh, but it's one of our, our greatest directors. Uh, you worked on uh, Steven Spielberg's AI. Yes. When's your birthday? I never had a birthday. His name is David. Feel it. That's creepy. Whoa. That's so real. <laughs> in a distant future, in an age of intelligent machines, he is the first robotic child programmed to love and coexist as a member of a family. His is a tale of humanity and a journey to find his place among humans and machines. And, and how, did that, how did that happen? What was that experience like? I imagine that was another one where you had an apartment and it wasn't just... He probably just showed you Stanley's old boards. <laughs> was that... <laughs> you know what? Some of it was. Um, really? There's a guy named Chris, Chris Baker, a uh, 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 British uh, illustrator and story artist, and a uh, great guy. Uh, had worked with Stanley before Stephen ever became involved. So they were working in, in England. And Chris, I mean, if anybody's seen any artwork from the film, I'm sure they've seen Chris's illustrations. Because mm. he, like, 
visualized, you know, the the the, the uh, giant statues of the women and the road freeways coming out of their mouths and all that stuff. That's that's all Chris Baker. That's definitely yeah. That that yeah. That's pure Kubrick. Yeah. So Chris had like you know worked on worked on all that stuff with Stanley. I came in like you know much later down the line. Chris was still on because you know Stephen you know wanted him involved to get that kind of visual continuity. And uh, so I had worked. Uh, I had worked on another of Stevens. I think Minority Report. Which one was yeah. first? I can't. No, I've got it backwards. AI was the first one I was on, and I can't remember how I ended up being on it. It might have been. Uh, uh, I'm sure somebody recommended me. You know, it was probably a thing. David David Lowry, who was Stevens' yeah. guy, probably couldn't do it, and he said, "Oh, we should get Peter Ramsey." <laughs> and uh, so uh, yeah, and that was. That was wild because that was uh, it was very interesting because much like Singleton, uh, you know, Stephen just knows exact you know he knows what it's gonna look like, mm-hmm. and it was a thing where the script was so ultra top secret that I you know I couldn't have a copy, so he 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 went okay I've got a sequence I want you to do boards for, I'm just gonna talk you through it. We're, Hang on, know, let, me, let me put a pin on one. So yeah. when you say you couldn't have one, but. Could you read it and have to give it back? Was it one of no, those things? No, you, you, you would get the pieces that you worked on. And okay, so you didn't. You That's the way I remember it. No, I did not have a, a physical copy of it or a, like an. And you'd never read it all the copy. way through? No. Wow. So, uh, so, so one day I was up at the office, you know, I came to the office and I sat down and he had a stack of paper in front of him and I had a stack of paper in front of me and he just started scribbling out doodling out uh, little ultra rough thumbnail boards and kind of narrating what was going to happen. And this was like with no script pages. So it was the sequence where uh, uh, they fly into the flooded Manhattan mm-hmm. and they're going to approach the, oh, the uh, where they make the, the androids. And uh, yeah, and it was, he just was calling out shots and drawing them. And it was wild because I, you know, I was sitting there taking my notes and as he was going, I've seen so many Spielberg movies, and I, I like you know you get you kind of like enter these guys' spirit, and you right. you kind of you know their moves. It's like a, you're like a Michael Mann character. You're kind of like you know, <laughs> and uh, 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 as he was going, I'd go, okay, I know he's now he's gonna pan and he's gonna boom up to that, and he'd go. Okay, and then we're gonna pan, and we're gonna boo up for that. Yes. <laughs> and so it was like it was it was great because I felt like I was like, wow, this is really I can really feel his style. So I knew exactly after a while what he was, you know, how he wanted to do it, and the progression of the shots, and and it, it it's it's one of those things where you're working with uh, you're working with guys like that who can pre visualize on that level, and it's like it's it's but it's all very simple. It might sound elaborate or you know it might even feel elaborate while you're watching it but it's just like connecting idea a to b to c and you know making those uh transitions uh feel organic and and uh, and logical so that was the the that was the fascinating thing about that but another sequence i also did the sequence where um Jude Law's character gets taken up into the sky. And oh yeah, what is it? remember me or what's his yeah. line? Yeah, yeah, and that one, uh, it was just like here, page fifteen, just do that, <laughs> see what you got. And I just kind of banged that out myself. Oh really? And I saw the movie and I was like, wow, that looks really like close to what I did. It's a beautiful shot. Well, I well I I, sus- I suspect to me it kind of felt like well, 
that's I bet it was a second unit doing that stuff. Because mm-hmm. it was so like it was so much the, the boards. I was like, I thought Stephen was gonna you know put the, the, the you know get the, the, the but it was so I at least that's what the way I remember it when I saw it. And it was like, yeah, it was great and it made sense and it told the story. And but I don't I it's also that thing of, you know, I wouldn't want to belong to a club that would have me as a member. <laughs> I'm looking at it going, ah, oh, come on, that's like you could do better. I could have done better than <laughs> No, that's a lovely shot. That's actually that. That's one of the things that jumped out of me watching this time is that uh, that moment. There's yeah. some kind of he's he's good in that scene. Too. Oh I, yeah, oh, I yeah. love him in that scene. Oh, he's great in that whole he's movie. movie. I thought I yeah. thought he was incredible in the whole movie. I was just like blown away. And of course, uh, I mean, there's uh, the yeah, there's moments in that. I'm kind of iffy on the whole movie, but uh, man, the uh, where she abandons him in the forest. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea when she imprints on him and that whole thing, I thought those were just like incredible. It's incredible. I was just telling Joe before, and I made a point of when I watched it again, uh, bringing bringing a friend along. Um, oh, I can Dan Waters, who's been on our show, mm-hmm. who, who loves mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. I thought, all right, let me go and I'll I'll leech off of him. Yeah, I uh, brought another friend who I won't who who hates the film, <laughs> and and uh, Dan continued to love it, and our other friend. Still hates it, but uh, it's interesting. I found that like kind of I, I ended up falling in the middle this time uh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. without having gone into it with the expectations yeah. I did the first time. Um, it it worked for me better, but yeah, there's yeah. definitely you can't argue. There's some amazing stuff. Oh yeah, there's some it. incredible God, stuff. There's, hey, I even like that the kid prays for twenty five thousand years. Right, right, whatever. Yeah, to me, I think that's a. I hear people say, "Oh, Spielberg put that sweet crap in." I think that was totally Kubrick. Really, I think that was all Kubrick. Interesting. That, me, that that feels like someone should write a book on that someday. That would be uh-huh. interesting. But um, but uh, cool, you know that's that's a an interesting mm-hmm. one. You've also worked with, um, uh, and I'm 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 going to be thrilled to be wrong about this. A director mm-hmm. I really admire, and who I feel like when you're talking about Spielberg, it's sort of knowing mm-hmm. what he was going to do. I feel like the interesting thing about Ang Lee is that mm. um, his films don't. I, I, they don't all seem to come from the same director. You yeah. know? And you worked on Hulk yeah. with him. Bruce? What happened to you last night? I had the most vivid dream. It was like being born. Coming up for air. The light hitting my face. Screaming. My heartbeat was like, boom. Boom. Betty, what's happening to me? I don't know. I mean, considered not one of his greatest, yeah. but still a really interesting yeah. film visually, and, and Ang Lee doing a superhero movie alone. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, tell tell us about that. How did you yeah. know about that? What was that like? Oh man, that was another one where I was like, <gasps> Ang Lee, because I worshipped Ang Lee because of uh, uh, his earliest films, yeah, um, The Wedding Banquet and Eat Drink Man Woman. Yeah, Eat Drink Man Woman. I really like. If I could like be like. That guy who made, if I could do that, that that would be like Nirvana for me. I mean, it would probably be like if I could put him and Coppola and like Peter Weir and, you know, Orson Welles in a, or Kurosawa in a blender. <laughs> that's who I would want to be. But that uh, Ang, Ang, Ang's uh, movies, they're just like, and I, I really, they're kind of self-effacing, but they're like, but they're, uh, they have this clarity to them. Uh, that I I just I just love I just I just love the way you tell stories and and uh, so yeah Hulk came about uh, I can't 
once again, I can't remember exactly how I got onto it, but I was, you know, by that time yeah, I you was were doing around, these movies. Yeah, right? I was doing yeah, these movies, yeah. so I was one of the guys right. that, you know, that that did them. And um uh so uh it was yeah, James Seamus had written the script and yeah, one of the I I I remember we were all waiting for like more work on the script, more work on the script. And Ang was waiting for more work on the script, more work on the script. And it never came. And we were kind of like, it was it was really odd. It was sort of like, I don't know all the ins and outs of that story, but uh it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was interesting. And those guys had had a long partnership, so I don't know all the ins and outs. There's probably an interesting story in there somewhere. But um, yeah, but Hulk, it was like they were he really wanted to try to bring some of the comic book feel into it. Yeah. Um, with you know. Mixed results on the visual side of that. I I I thought it was a little clunky, uh, but the stuff that he was shooting because there's a there's so much of that movie that is on the cutting room floor. Because oh, no. Ang really like he like shoots like a ton when he gets onto uh you know wherever you know a set or a location or whatever he's like milking every tiny little last idea that he can out of that out of that day i mean it was incredible i got to see a lot of the you know unedited footage or or you know uh, other alternate takes and stuff like that and there was stuff i remember in the middle of the working on the movie i was like my god this movie is gonna be incredible it's i mean it just it just felt like like a like a level a level of performance and uh uh and uh, atmosphere that was like way above, like you know, not to crap on the Marvel movies because I enjoy a lot of those, but it was a different level. It was, you know, it's yeah. Ang Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it kind of like I don't know. It's sort of like when I saw the finished film, I was like, there's some of that, and there's some of it, but and and the other the other wild thing about it was it was it was the early days of that level of. Uh, performance capture and yeah. you know realistic cg which now you look at that movie and it's like okay it's a little clunky looking it's like early days but back then it was mind-blowing yeah. it was really like it was mind-boggling and there was just there were a lot of things about like his characterization of the hulk which was like yeah the movie begins and the hulk is like newborn and he's acting like a newborn kid pretty much and he's you know ang had a whole he had a whole like psychological sort of profile and you know and he did the motion he did the mocap for the hulk he acted that character oh that's not that's him that's not bana that's no 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 no. that's all that's, Ang Lee. oh wow yeah eric bana is eric bana but the hulk was ang lee he that's put on the rig amazing. and did that's the whole amazing. thing and kind of kind of like was very specific about you know and there was there's another great. I wonder, uh, does like SAG have regulations against that? Yeah, no, I you know wonder, what? Is that yeah, a- good question. <laughs> he he might have got in there before they uh, yeah. before any of that stuff was regulated. But uh, I there were two other like uh, like genius uh, storyboard artists. Uh, there was a guy uh, Michael Anthony Jackson, yes, who uh, you know was brilliant. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you know Michael. And uh, man, he did uh, so much work on the Hulk that was like incredible, and just working really closely with Ang, and they like would work out like things to the nth detail and there's another like guy uh rodolfo dimaggio who's like a god that guy's absolutely incredible and uh uh his work on that was spectacular but uh yeah i had a i had a, I had a great time uh working with with ang and sometimes 
sometimes he didn't want like literal storyboards because he just wanted to get on the set and figure it out, figure it out then. And he said, just do it like comic books. Just do comic books and I'll like, you know, adapt that. And so we would do these, uh, Rodolfo and I, and, and I think Michael did some too, would do uh, big comic book pages where mm. we'd like, you know. With panels? Yeah, yeah, with panels. Like it was like a comic you could like. And I, I remember I did, uh, uh, he's fighting tanks in the desert. Right. I did that. I did the, uh, oh yeah, the, the signature one that I came up with for this movie uh, was when uh, he's fall, he's there's a he rides a jet up into the stratosphere, passes out, and he's falling. Yeah, there's that and beautiful. He's, he's kind of in, goes into this dream, and I, 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 uh, I kind of like you know did the shot. There was one I really liked of his hand that's just kind of fluttering, and then uh, Ang really liked that one, and then the thing where he goes into the fantasy of where he's uh, shaving, and he does the. He wipes the mirror, and there was there was some there was some version of that in the script, but it didn't have the thing where he wiped his hand and he saw the Hulk on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I was messing around. I was like, "Oh, this is begging to be that," you know. Mm-hmm. So I just did it, and Ang was like, "Oh, that's great, that's great. We'll do that." So he put that in. He really liked that. So, um, uh, did did you do you have a sense of I mean, Joe too? Because it's a little bit. Mm. kind of what I was saying. I mean, do you agree with me? Is, Alan, is, is he one of those guys? Because I just, I don't see a through line in his movies in terms of visuals. I would say the through line is quality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old, I mean, the old Robert Wise argument. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Life of Pi is an astounding movie. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, mm. it's not just technically astounding, which it is, because obviously we've probably even made great strides even since then. Yeah. But uh, his use of 3D in it is just incredible mm. and whoever came up with the idea of shrinking the frame so that the fish could leap out of the screen mm. with the black bars on the bottom yes absolutely mm. what brilliant yeah yeah also he's a i was on a jury with him and on a festival and uh, he was the he was the head of the jury and uh he was just one of the sweetest guys one of the yeah. nicest yep. guys yes yeah i uh, love him i just if anybody deserves their success it's saying, and I, I even liked uh, Billy. What's his name? Oh, the Long Walk. Oh, yeah. uh huh. I mean, which uh-huh. was which was shot as yeah. you know in that new. Did you see it in advanced, the new? I did see it in the yeah, advanced wow. frame rate. Did you see that? No, no. Well, it's a different movie in the advanced frame rate yeah. than it is without the advanced frame rate. Exactly what the difference is How is interesting. very difficult to explain. Yeah, but it's it it hits you on a different level because it's it's like the reason they didn't do show scan was because people got used to it. Even it was such a big, cumbersome, right. difficult process. And then people went, oh, it's pretty cool. And then about you know five minutes later, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah well, it's still cool. And that's why when, when he wanted to do uh, Brainstorm, the whole idea of, of uh, doing it in ShowScan was to alternate it with 35 millimeter regular right. mm-hmm. footage so that mm-hmm. the audience would constantly be being reminded, oh mm-hmm. yeah, this is cool, this is better. Um, but that, of course, didn't work out. And, and, um, and yet, you know, <laughs> Douglas is still there. He's still trying to, you know, sell all mm. these newfangled ideas that he has been pushing for decades now. Mm. Uh, and, and occasionally they are adopted. And yeah. um, I, I, don't, I don't think that this frame rate thing is going to 
pan out really uh, it's, it's yeah it's, it's a little disconcerting it's very disconcerting and if movies were still shot on film you wouldn't be able to carry the print up to the booth i mean yeah but dang is uh he's one of our great filmmakers oh yeah absolutely i i love him to death and and like you said one of the sweetest people yeah i, I got some a tiny bit during uh he mm. broke back mountain was the same ah yeah, uh, I was up and uh, got to know him doing the tour, and he was lovely, and got to know his writers who were mm. incredible. But yeah, he was just the nicest guy. Mm. Um, well, let's let's go out with a movie that uh, some people love. I'm I'm so split on it, I can't figure mm. out from minute one minute to the next if I if I love mm. it or hate it. Uh, and I just watched it again recently, and I I still come down there. But it is boy, it is it is visual. Mm. Um, it's a movie where I I, I have to believe uh, uh, was very well plotted out in advance. Um, one of our great contemporary directors. Uh, let's let's talk about David Fincher and Fight Club. Oh yeah! I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Why? How much can you know about yourself? If you've never been in a fight. Wait. Let me start earlier. Like many of you, I was stuck. You want me to deprioritize my current reports yeah. until you advise of a status upgrade? Make these your primary action items. I couldn't sleep. No, you can't die from insomnia. I'd flip through catalogs and wonder, what kind of dining set defines me as a person? This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. You worked on yeah. Fight Club. Can you talk about Fight Club? I worked on Fight Club. Club. No, I'm not I supposed to. I'm not supposed to, but I will. <laughs> Just for our listeners, we're going to talk about Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Fight Club, boy. You know, fight that Fight Club was another one of those. Uh, I had seen Seven, and oh. I was just like, it blew the back of my head off. Yeah, I was like, holy shit, who is this? Guy? I, you know, I and you know, I had not, Fincher had done, you know, Alien Three, but for me at the time, it was like, oh yeah, that's a music video guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I saw Seven Man, and I was like, this is the second coming. I cannot believe this. I'm just. I'm totally overwhelmed. I'm like, I got to work with this guy. And uh, it was another one of those magical, you know, send it out into the universe and it comes back to you. And like, like, I'm yeah, I'm trying to remember how that happened. But like, it had to be like within a couple of weeks of saying that, uh, oh yeah, this movie Fight Club and Fincher's doing it. And, and uh, yeah, I can't remember how I got on, but I did. Mm. It was one of those things where I was like, I'm getting that movie. And it just kind of happened. And uh, uh, and so David was, uh, he was just like uh, Spielberg in that, and Singleton, in that he had it in his head. Mm-hmm. He, it was, and we did the same thing. We sat down. He had his, you know, and, you know, I had the script. I read the script. I was really impressed. And, and really like, you know, and, and some of it tonally, I was like, well, that's kind of mean. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, so I have that same kind of ambivalence about a lot of Fight Club, but uh, uh, David, you know, we sat down next to each other. It was like a the the weird replay of the Spielberg experience, except this was Fincher, and he was doodling out little thumbnails, and you know, I was like, kind of, you know, taking dictation, and 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 uh, yeah, the first sequences that we worked on, it was very. It was very exacting, and he knew. I, I remember one day we were talking, and I was like, you know, walking him through a, you know, a bunch of boards I had done based on, you know, stuff we had talked over. 
And there was something where I said, yeah, and this one, and, and you know, this bit, you know, maybe on the day it'll, you know, I don't know if you'll want to blah, 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 blah. And he goes, no, man, I shoot the boards. I shoot the boards. <laughs> he was like, I shoot the boards. I was like, wow, okay. And lo and behold, he, he honestly really did. I mean, sure, there's some things that, you know, but the basic idea of, of the boards that we did together, um, uh, yeah, up on screen. Well, his, his scenes seem to so often cut together in ways that uh, is is heavily designed. Just oh, the way yeah. one shot or one scene relates to the one after it, that you can't. Absolutely. You can't wing that no matter how no. good you are because you're shooting one scene six weeks after you shot the first one and you have to have a design. Yeah, that, I think that comes out yeah. of his, you know, he, his. I think his first jobs in the industry were in visual effects. So that's all about planning and being meticulous and then doing, you know, commercials and, you know, doing uh, music videos on a budget, all that stuff's like, you know, bap, 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 bap. you're like hitting your marks and whatever else. And uh, yeah, so, and Fight Club, I remember uh, being on set sometimes and watching him uh, every setup he would like watch it over and over again on that monitor. And he'd like, when he could, he'd like play, you know, whatever was going to be the next, he was making a hundred percent sure that that stuff was going to cut the way he wanted it to cut right. before he'd move on. So he was, he was uh, really meticulous about how everything was going to fit together. And was there uh, again, the usual question was, is there a scene you think of in that film where you just go like, that's me, mm. that's me, mom. No, you know what? I think I was, I would. I don't. I, I don't think so. But I. I'm. There are scenes I remember like doing that. Right. You know, we had talked about. But I mean, I was trying to channel him so much that uh, I can't say. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a Peter Ramsey in the middle of Fight Club. I right. think it's. <laughs> it was much more me. If anything, me doing him, or you know, or the idea like just being strong enough that like it's literally boom. Yeah. There it is. But if yeah, if you saw some of those. Fight club boards, like the stuff like when he's uh 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 Brad Pitt is uh you know he's got his back to you in the projection room and he points and the cigarette burn. Yeah, we boarded that. And I was uh, I don't know why I kept thinking of that when I was okay. yeah, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and uh just, yeah, just every yeah, pretty much everything you can think of. And I think I didn't do uh I did not do uh oddly enough, I didn't board the plane crash. Oh. I think he took that straight to previs because that was another instance of very early uh, a digital previs. He right. was kind of pioneering that. And uh, it was something we did a lot more. I also worked with him on Panic Room. And Panic Room was interesting because it was he knew me by then. So there was a lot more like loosey-goosey, like, well, I'm not going to dictate every shot and see what you come up with from here and work with the pre previs guys and mm. come up with some good angles. And, you know, so... By that time, you know, of uh, us working together, it was a, a, a little more collaborative that way. But he was still, you know, I was still Pinocchio, you know, on the on the strings. But uh, yeah, but Fight Club, uh, it was uh, it was a wild experience, just sort of like getting into his head, and once again, just kind of realizing, oh, it's actually very clear. You know, he's got a he's got a little bit of an intimidating rep reputation as like you know. This, uh, as a as a director, but really sitting there with him, it's like really simple setups, just the ideas connecting to one another, and and uh, and staging. He was really really big on uh, on uh, working out blocking, and mm -hmm. uh, it would be like uh, yeah, it would be like uh, 
in uh, uh, Amadeus with uh, with uh, Salieri kind of writing the notes and Mozart going, do you have it? Do you have it? And I'd be like, yes, wait, like this, like this, close up, white shot, pan over there. Yes, that's it, give it to me. It was kind of like that. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm, are you a fan of that film? Or are you a, where do you wait, come down from? Fight Club. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Fight Club. Do you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because I, I, yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't. I haven't seen it recently, so I, I, yeah. I understand that there's a school of thought that says that it's uh, hasn't mellowed with age. But <laughs> it, it has. I doubt it's, it. Yeah, it's, um, it's got a, it's, and a lot of movies do, a lot of movies don't. But uh, it certainly was a movie of its time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 continues to be, unfortunately, of uh, <laughs> of, of our time. I more so now. I mean, that's the thing. Is it's so yeah. interesting in the way. It oh goes. yeah. You know, it's, it's more relevant into, now. I yeah, think, you know, think about it, your incel culture, yeah. and but it's also clearer. It's also clearer that it's a total out and out satire, and like it's like you know, watching that movie, you're like, it's there's anything that feels like glorifying it, the the glorifying any of that stuff, the the rug is yanked out of it so yeah. hard. Yeah. I, it's like, yeah, it's 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 pretty brilliant. It's just, it's interesting to me the way movies like that, you know, I mean, obviously the one you always go back to is, uh, is network. Right. Where, oh, yeah. you know, you show it to somebody now and you have to sit down and explain <laughs> to them that he's making all this stuff up, you know? And that was the funny thing watching Fight Club this time was, you know, all that stuff was happening in the culture. Yeah. It was there. You could feel it. Yeah. But so much of what that movie is sort of taking on has now come to sad fruition. Absolutely. And it's worth remembering that they were uh, a tad ahead yeah. of the game there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I now know because I think I mentioned it on the show a while ago, uh, the friend of mine was at this one screening, I think in the arc light, mm. um, and another friend was like, oh, I was there too, which confirmed that this happened. But the, um, uh, there was a screening of it at the arc light where the film melted in the middle of the movie. Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh my God. And it was, I guess after wow. the other one, so I just thought it was more of the, uh, which is great. But, um. I guess we should. So, Peter, your here's my question. I guess uh -huh. sort of my last question for you. Um, unless, do you have any? Are, you, are we are we good to get rid of this gentleman? Ditton. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. I know way. you're sort of making moves in the direction of live action directing stuff. Yes. Uh, um, and I'm sure you're going to use storyboards. Are you going to mm. do your own, or are you going to be uh, hiring others and tormenting them? I, 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 I'm sure it's going to end up being a mix of the two. Yeah. Uh, because there's like, it has you know, to. You yeah. Do. I started doing my own storyboards. My picture was so cheap. I couldn't afford a storyboard <laughs> uh, guy. And then I did my own storyboards. I did my own storyboards for the, my next three pictures. But, uh, ultimately it was like, I already, I already know what's in my head. Yeah. Right. Right. How am I going right. to, how am I going to collaborate with somebody if it's right. only me? Right. So I, I find it much more useful right. to have another person. To, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'll just get my brother and hey, Eric, come on, let's like, hey, there you go. I can beat up on him and like, you know, <laughs> well, he'll hit me back. But, but, uh, but yeah, it'll definitely be some mix of the two because there, there's some things you want to. Is there something in the offing? Uh, I hope so. There's 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 a few little pots kind of bubbling, you know. I mean, uh, I I guess winning that uh that little gold thing, you know, kind of kind of erases some trepidation help. about. Yes you know, what you might be doing next. So, uh, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing firm, but there, yeah, there are a couple of things I've read that I've gotten involved with that I, that, uh, you know, are early, mm -hmm. early stages, hopefully moving forward. And then I've got, you know, the stuff that I've been scribbling on, you know, these past years and I'm trying to pump some life into. So, 
great. Um, yeah, hopefully. Oh, yes, just as a, as a huge gushing fanboy of the film, yeah. uh, we're going to see more of Miles Morales. And oh, yeah. I that's, can't that's, we yeah, that's very er, super early days on that, but yeah, definitely in the works. Cool. Because I can't imagine with all the stuff going on with the live action version, yeah. sort of not being sure it's nice yeah. to know that there's there's a, a still an amazing version yeah. of the amazing Spider-Man out there. Well, no, yeah, there's been there's been so much goodwill around that movie that um yeah, yeah there's de- there's definitely gonna be more. I mean, uh, you know, def- as definite as anything can be in this world. That's but yes. um yeah, it's in, in the works in the early days and what cool. the little I've seen looks very exciting. Fantastic. Well, Great. thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure. I, I can I can almost certainly promise you that uh, this this one dropping will not have the same results as the last one. <laughs> Unless you have something out we should know about. Or is there anything left you could be nominated for? At this I don't know. But uh, but thank you for coming on. And uh, definitely have to come back and talk some more. Hey, it's a pleasure, man. It's a blast. Thanks. It's so fun. Thank you, guys. Our show was recorded in beautiful downtown Burbank. The official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the movies that made me. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.